Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Live, move, and have our being on tonight. We thank you, God, as we're gathered together. We're gathered together in unity, God. We thank you that we're in unity on tonight. We're unified, God. We thank you that there is no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. We thank you that we're strong in you and in the power of your might on tonight. We thank you that we're already the healed of the Lord. We thank you that we're prospering. We thank you that everything we're in the need of, God, you have already supplied it on tonight. So we just thank you and we're just so grateful. And Father, as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it. Thank you for our helper, our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we have all been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us on tonight. For all of that, God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Last time we were together, we've been talking about fasting. And we talked about what fasting is. It's abstaining from food, denying yourself of something that the body crave. It is abstaining from food, denying oneself of something the body crave. I went over Isaiah 58, and God was really telling them what fasting was and what fasting was not. When we look at Isaiah 58, let's begin at verse 2. And this is what God was saying to them. He said, they still come looking for, seek me every day, day to day, and want to delight to learn my ways. They act just like a nation that does what is right, righteousness. They obey. They did not forsake, reject the commandments, judgments of its God. They asked me to judge them fairly for righteous judgment. They want to be near draw near to God. So it looks as if they were doing everything right. They were seeking God. They wanted to know God's ways. They asked to be judged fairly, and they wanted to be near God. So in fasting, these are some of the things that we do. We seek God. We want to know his ways. We want to ask um, for judge to be judged fairly, and they wanted to be near God. So they started out looking as if everything was okay, looking as if they was doing everything right. Then when we look at the third verse, and on down it says, they say, to honor you, we had special days when we fasted, but you did not see. So what the people were saying was, we were abstaining from food, we were seeking you, we wanted to know your ways, we wanted to be judged fairly, we were doing things righteously, But you didn't see our fast. We humbled ourselves to honor you. We afflicted our our souls, but you didn't notice. 
So they were doing things like you would do on a fast. Now remember, fast is abstaining from food. When you fast, you're not fasting to get anything from God. So if anybody is fasting to get something from God, your fast is in vain because God has given us everything. So we don't have to abstain from food to get what we already got. God has already healed. He's already delivered. He's already prospered. God has already given us everything. We fast to put our body under subjection to hear what God has to say in any given situation that we go to him for. That's why we fast. So they were doing these things, but they're saying, God, you're not hearing us. God, you're not answering us. But the Lord says, behold, you do what pleases, satisfy, seek pleasure for yourselves on those fast days. And you are unfair to your workers. Even when you fast, you argue, you fight, and you hit each other with your um, wicked, sinful fists. You cannot do these things as you do now and believe your prayers are heard in heaven on high. So when they were fasting, they were doing things based on self. They were being selfish. It was strife. It was debate. It was things that should not have been done during that fast. Now, how many of us sometimes when we go on the fast, we get mad at people because we're hungry? How many don't be on a fast and you're hungry and you get mad at people? Come on, when you get hungry. Amen. See, I got a brother right there. That's it. When you're hungry, you're just hungry. Amen. And when you're hungry and somebody's agitating you, frustrating you, who don't get mad? Who don't get upset at times? The reason why some of us may not get upset is because we may can go longer without food, but when our body requires that food, we're mad because we're ready to eat, right? Some people are saying, I don't get mad when, when I'm um, not eating anything. That's just not me. Give it, wait for it. Wait for that time when that stomach start growling and wanting that food, you will answer somebody in a way that you should not have answered somebody. Because I have done it with my husband. What? (laughs) Come on, I'm pretty sure we got some more people in here that's not innocent. What you want? And I used the example how my husband, we were looking for him in the mall, and he was in the food court. And he said he was shaking. He said he had to get him some food, say he couldn't eat hold a burger. Because his body needed the food. And once his body got the food, he was ready to go, right? So this is what was going on with them. They were arguing. They were fighting. They had strife. They had debate. They were doing things in a fast that should not have been done. That's not a real fast. Those things God does not look at. But the thing with these things, it show you where you are. It show you that you need some help in those areas, and it should not be anything none of us should be ashamed of. So he said, you do what, you do what pleases you, seek pleasures for yourself, you are unfair to your workers. How many of us, when we're hungry, then we become unfair to other people? We look at them differently in another light. We don't want nobody joking with us. 
We don't want nobody saying something harsh to us at that time because they might get cussed out, right? You smile, you smite with the fist of wickedness. Now, let's look at verse 5. This kind of special day is not what I, I have chosen. This is not the way I want my people to be sorry for what they have done, to afflict themselves. I don't want people just to bow their heads like a plant reed and wear rough clothes and lie in ashes to sow their sadness. They were doing these things. They were, you know, in sackcloth and ashes, just like they were fasting, but the conditions of their heart was wrong. Is this what you call a fast? Do you really think this this pleases a day acceptable to the Lord? And then the Lord began to tell them the kind of fast he's looking for. I will tell you the kind of fast I want, I have chosen. Free the people you have put in prison unfairly. Release the chains, the bonds of wickedness, and undo their chains. Untie the ropes from the, from the yoke. Free those who, to whom you are unfair, you have oppressed, and stop their hard labor. Share your food with the hungry. Bring the poor, the homeless people into your own homes. When you see someone who has no clothes, give him your clothes. Clothe him, and don't refuse to help your own relatives. So when you're truly on a fast, y'all, he's going to crucify your flesh to the point you're not seeing you, you're seeing others. So when you're on a fast, you're going to do things God's way and not yours no more. That means you letting go of you. A fast is so good at crucifying you so you can move and do what God wants you to do. Free people you have put in prison unfairly. Free those to whom you are unfair, oppressed. Share your food with the hungry. Bring poor homeless people in your home. When you see someone without clothes, give them yours. Don't refuse to help your own relatives. A fast will break you down. A fast will change you. And this is what God is saying, and you can read the rest dealing with the fast. God said when you're truly on a fast, now you cannot fast without the word. You cannot fast without going into prayer without seeking God and that's what they were doing they were seeking God but their heart the motives in their heart was wrong so anytime you want to go on a fast and you want to abstain from food do not go on that fast to get anything from God you already have it go on that fast because it may be something going on in your life and you're saying God I need to hear you I need to hear what you want to do in this situation. And you begin to hear God more being on a fast, putting your body in a subjection, than you do feeding your face all the time. Let's look at somebody who's done that. Go with me to Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And this is Jehoshaphat. And I always go back to Jehoshaphat and what he done because you're going to see what really took place with Jehoshaphat. First of all, it says that someone came to Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazan, Tamar, which is in Injida. I think that's, in, am I saying that right? And Jehoshaphat feared. Now look at this, what Jehoshaphat did. How many of us have battles that come against us? How many of us have not only one battle, but one behind another? 
that come against us. Some of us are probably in battles right now. You, you get over one thing and things seem like something else hits you. I, I'll give you some battles. You're going through financially. You know you're going through financially. That's one battle. Then your body starts cutting up. That's two battles. Then your kids start cutting up. Those are three battles, right? You got things coming up against you. So Jehoshaphat had these armies coming up against him. When he was told about these armies coming up against him, the Bible say fear came in with Jehoshaphat. But what he did, he set himself to seek the Lord. See, when things happen in our life financially, physically, spiritually, even dealing with our children, dealing with our job, and everything is just hitting us, that's when we should set ourselves first and foremost to seek God, no one else. We should go to God first and foremost with what's going on in our lives. So you can tell where Jehoshaphat was with his relationship. The first thing he did, he set himself to seek God. When he set himself to seek God, it was saying that he called a fast. So all of them came together on a fast. They were seeking God because of this army, these three armies that was coming up against them. But look what Jehoshaphat did when he began to go before the Lord in prayer. He began to tell God, I know who you are. I think that's where we miss it. See, when we go on a fast, we're not going on a fast to get nothing from God. We're going on a fast because there's a situation in our lives and we know who God is. And we go into the source because we want to hear from God. Jehoshaphat went directly to God and he began to say, he said, verse 6, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hands is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Look what Jehoshaphat did. He began to say, I know who you are. I know you have all power. I know you mighty. I know nobody can come up against you. And I know what you've done. You gave us this land. God, you brought us into this place to dwell. And the people are coming against us in this place that you gave us. We know what belonged to us. So Jehoshaphat knew that God was all powerful. God was almighty. He knew what God had given them. He knew that if God gave it to them, nobody could take what God gave so Jehoshaphat was standing on who God was. This is why at the end of that prayer, Jehoshaphat said this in verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Look how he did that thing. He said, God, without you, we're nothing. He humbled himself. See, we have to humble ourselves when we're on a fast. When we're seeking God, we're not making it about us. We're reminding God, God, I know who you are. God, I know what you said. God, I know what you can do. God, we are nothing without you. I can't even go in to do this without you, God. He said, God, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. You got to go in saying, God, my eyes are not on me. 
My eyes are on you because you're mighty in battle. God, you're a strong tower and the righteous run into that strong tower and they are safe. You El El Yon, you the most high God. God, you did it before. I know you're going to do it again. When you go into prayer, you're just reminding God of who he is and who you are now that you're in him and what he has given you. This is what Jehoshaphat did. After Jehoshaphat did all of that, The spirit of the living God came upon a prophet. And that prophet began to speak out the words of the Lord. Fear not. Stand still. Look at what he was saying to him. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah. And he began to speak what God was saying. Listen, all of you, Judah. And all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God. So he was telling them tomorrow you go out against them. So Jehoshaphat needed to hear from the Lord. Do I go? Lord, you said, this is what you're saying. So guess what they did after he spoke this, God just told him to go. How many of us, when God is telling us to go, when we're having three armies coming at us, and the only thing he's saying is go, the battle is not yours. I want you to go out against them. But look what they did. This is the kicker right here. When Jehoshaphat listened to God and he told the people, believe the prophets, you shall be established. The only thing that Jehoshaphat did was put the singers out there first. And they began to sing. What were, their, what were they singing? Remember what praise do. Praise tell you what God has done. So they were praising God for what he has done. Yet they hadn't seen it naturally. They were giving God praise because they knew who he was. Praise is what avenges the enemy. So if you're going through financially, if you're going through in your body, if you're going through with your children, begin to give God glory for what he has already done. Though my child is out there cutting the food, God, this is not what you said. I'm going to praise you because of what you told me about my child. When they started praising God, look what happened. They began to fight against themselves, did they not? Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Shear, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Look what praise did. Praise will defeat the enemy. You cannot mummer and complain. You got to begin to praise God. Say, God, though I am tired, God, I thank you that you are my strength. You are my present help in the time of trouble. Though I feel like I can't go another further, that ain't what you said. So I'm going to glorify you even in the midst of man saying no because you already said yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Complaining don't get you nowhere. You praise, you will be raised. You complain, you will remain. So we need to be praising God because of what God said, not going on how we feel. We're thanking God. God, you said it. I believe it. And it's done. God, you said it. I believe it. And it's done. And we begin to thank God for what he's done. I'll give you an example. You know how during Christmas time, your children, your grandchildren, they tell you what they want. And the parents say, we're going to get you that. Yet they have not seen it. Guess what they're going out and saying, Brother Willie? 
My da- guess what my daddy going to get me for Christmas? Guess what my daddy say he going to do? Guess what my mama say they going to do? I got me a bike. Well, where your bike? My daddy going to get me that bike. I don't see a bike, but if daddy say he going to do it, he gonna, what are you doing? You praising him. And when Christmas come, you, are, you, you excited, but you already knew you had the bike before they gave it to you. That's what we supposed to do with God. How do y'all think me and my husband have made it so far? I give God glory. I give him glory. I give him honor. I get up and say, God, I thank you. My bills are already paid. God, I thank you. I have more than enough to do what need to be done in this day. God, I thank you. That ain't no lack in my house. Ain't no lack in my son's house. Ain't no lack in my daughter's house. Ain't no lack with my grandchildren. Ain't no lack in the church, God. I thank you that Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry have more than enough. You know what we're in the need of, God, even before we ask. God, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Everything our hands touch is already blessed. God, I thank you that the blessings of the Lord is coming in and overtaking us. God, we're so blessed. God, we have to give it out. We have to give it away, God. Thank you for your blessings. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. So I give you glory that everything the enemy meant for our harm, God, you have turned it around. You have made it for our good. God, I thank you that we are already the healed of the Lord. We're not waiting on healing, but we are already the healed because your words say by Jesus stripes we were already healed so i thank you that you already healed us god you have already prospered us god everywhere the soles of our feet shall tread we have already possessed that land that belongs to us and what you have given us no man can take it from us because the favor of the lord surrounds us like a shield we have favor with you and we have favor with man So I get up and I just thank him for all of those things. And I go on about my business. Why? Because you said it. You're God and not man that you should lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. Have you not said it to Najina? Shall you not make it good for Najina? Have you not spoken it to Najina? Come on, y'all. God, you got to honor what you said. No matter what they're saying, God, you got to honor what you saying. That's what we do. You take the word. You begin to praise him for what he's already done. See, worshiping him is worshiping him for who he is. So when you know who he is, you're going to praise him for what he's already done. But when you don't know who he is, he's God almighty. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, look who you have created? Nobody made your lungs but God. Nobody made your heart but God. Nobody made you but God. He knew you even before you was in the womb. That's God. So when you go to him, you want to thank him that you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made outside of what somebody else says about you. God, I am who you say I am. Outside of how I feel, that's who I am because you're God. See, Jehoshaphat knew who he was. So he knew the battle was already won, but God gave him reassurance. He said, go out tomorrow. He had to go out trusting who he knew God was. 
And when he did that, he just began to praise God for who he was. And they said, praise the Lord for his mercy and do it. That's all they were saying. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. And the enemy was ambushed just by praising God. So the enemy want us to complain because when we complain, we in his territory. So we're getting from him what he want us to get from him. What do we get from complaining and murmuring? Sorrow, pain, oppression, depression. Oh, I never have none. Everybody always have more than me. Why well, I work twice as hard and I ain't got none. They stay home and they lay around and they got better stuff than me. You getting what you're saying. But when you've taken God at his word and trust in him no matter what, you better link up with people who really know him. Because when you link up with people that really know him, the favor that's on them is going to be on you. It's proven, y'all. If a storm is coming, don't go to nobody's house that's complaining. And say the big bad wolf is coming and they're going to blow your house in. Go to a house who know God. I'll never forget. Jeremy, my daughter. His sister. When that storm was coming, they were in there talking. Mama, did you hear about that storm? Did you hear what they was going to say about that storm? And we staying here. Yes, we are. We're staying here because I know what God said. So when you're in a house with somebody that's truly trusting God, don't you know that you're safe? If you know that person is truly trusting God, because I remember one time, it was so funny. It was, um, I had my best friend and her husband staying at the house with me, and Jeremy was real little then, and it was a storm coming, and he was already out. And so me and my best friend was in the house in the midst of the winds and the trees. You can just hear it. I mean, it was just, you, you knew what was going on. So me and her was in there just singing songs, just singing songs. You know, the storm has passed over and all of this, just giving God glory. And I never forget, my husband's mom was in there. She had her head down and she was just shaking her head. And all of a sudden she said, sit down, Doc. She wasn't even up. I said, I guess she wants us to shut up. But we kept on singing, we kept on praising God, we kept on giving God glory. We was just happy. Then our husband had come in there, he said, y'all hear that? It sound like a locomotive getting ready to come through here. And he was a pastor. We kept on singing. We kept on giving God glory. So the next day, um, they said we had to go get ice because, you know, this is your time to get ice. So I woke Jeremy up and I'll never forget it. I said, come on, baby, come on. We got to go get some ice. I took Jeremy out in his little underwear. Jeremy said, Mommy, I can't go out like this. I said, boy, you be all right. We're going to get some ice. (laughs) And the preacher man said, can you bring us a bag when you go? (laughs) When you trust God, when you truly trust him, you can praise him. Even in the midst of situations, You can praise him. Me and my husband had a situation. And when they were talking, I was walking. 
And I begin to praise God and I say, God, that ain't what you said. And you got to do exactly what you said. My daughter said, where are you going? I say, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to give God glory because I know who God is and I know what God said. So every time I would leave out the room, they know where I was at. Because I was going to light up that room, y'all, for real. So I'm telling you, when you praise God in spite of what you see, the devil's mad. Because he know, uh uh-oh, she know him. They know him because they're praising God too much in here. Come on, we got to bring some distraction up in here. So no matter what you're going through, you give God glory. Because if God has given you a word, you have to say, God, that's not what you said. This is what you said. So I'm praising you based on what you said. When we go look in the book of Esther, y'all know about Mordecai and Haman, right? And you know how Haman couldn't stand Mordecai because Mordecai said, I'm not going to bow down to you, Haman. He said, I don't bow to you. I bow to God. So Haman, he had the king to literally do a petition, sign it with a signet ring, saying he was going to kill all the Jews. And Mordecai began to go to Esther. You know, Esther was in that palace, and he was telling him that they were fasting and telling Esther, you're going to have to go before the king. Esther said, you know I can't go before the king before he summons me, because if I do, I'll die. So Mordecai began to talk to Esther, and he said, do you think you're going to be any different from us, and you're a part of us? So Esther said, okay, we're going to fast for three days. No water, no food for three days. Tell everybody we're going on a fast. And she said, and I'm going to go before the king. If I perish, I perish. So what was Esther doing? She was denying Esther. She was denying Esther for her people. Sometimes we have to deny ourselves for other people. We can't look at us. We have to look on what other people is going through because we want to hear from God. We want to hear what God has to say about that situation. And when Esther fasted and she went before the king, soon as she was at the door where the king was and she knew you cannot go before that king without being summoned, he held out that sculpture. That, what is it? Sculpture? Y'all know what I'm talking about. He held it out. Scepter, and he summons her to come to him. And he said, Esther, ask what you want. Oh, my goodness. Ask what you want, even if you want half of the kingdom. Come on, somebody. I'll give it to you. Come on. If you go on a fast and you are um, afflicting your flesh, you're crucifying your flesh on the behalf of other people, and you go before God and God say, ask what you will according to my word, and it's going to be given unto you because you have let go of you. Come on and ask me. Ask what you will according to my word, and it's yours. Esther waited, y'all. She waited, but she went before the king. Why? Because she crucified her flesh. What am I saying to you? God is right here. God has not left you. You can be right before him in his presence when you get you out the way. Esther had to get herself out the way to do what God had set her in that kingdom to do. So fasting would help you get you out the way so you can hear instructions from God about somebody else besides you. Then we go back to Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, he got word about the ones that was left in Jerusalem with the wall tore down. 
And it hurt Nehemiah so bad to know that that wall was torn down and how the enemy could come in. He began to fast and pray, asking God to give him favor before the king so he can go and rebuild those walls. Come on, our heart has to be on somebody else besides ourselves. And God gave him favor. So on a fast, you can get favor, the favor that you already have. God will turn people's hearts towards you in any given situation if you abstain from something that you want more. If you abstain from food, it may be not only food, social media. Some of us can do without the food, just give me my phone. And let me just go on social media and enjoy myself. And I'm, I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. I'm free. Just give me a TikTok. I'm free. Just give me, what else is it? Snapchat. Instagram. What else is it? Facebook. What else is it? Twitter. Thank you. What else is it? YouTube. What else is it? Who? It's a Twitch too? Oh, see, I don't know all that. Okay, okay. So look at all of this, these things that we put before God. When you give up these things, how do your flesh feel? Somebody answer that. When you give up Facebook, how do your flesh feel? It feels delivered. Why would it feel delivered? But what I'm looking for about flesh, when you give up Facebook, your flesh go through something, doesn't it? What does it go through? You want it. You want to know what's going on, Brother Willie. You can, but if you're weak. It won't be a tool because I'm not going to lie. I get nosy when I go up there and check the minister. What? You know what I have to do? I have to go to the marketplace and look for furniture. <laughs> furniture. I have to, I, y'all no lie, I have to shift that thing because if I don't, I'm like this right. Well, what you say? What? Don't make no sense. I don't know too much about it, but I know this. Whomever you friends with, whoever you friends with and they friends with, you see other people's stuff. Is that how that works? Is that how it works? Sometimes. Come up here, little man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, little man. Come on, help us out. Come on, help you pass out. Come on. Come on. And I'm going to tell you why I'm having him to help me out. Say it again. So if you have a friend, like on whatever you're using, and imagine if their friend posts something like maybe two or five days ago, you'll see it. It'll come right up at the bottom of the screen. It'll say... Somebody, somebody posted this and posted that. You know what, Ethan? Thank you. 
Because y'all see Jolly Green John out there? I ain't friends with Jolly Green John because he won't accept me as his friend. But I'm a friend with his wife, Maquisha. So whatever Maquisha put up there, I can get in your post. Ain't that right, Jeremy? Yeah, it is like that. Is that how that works, Ethan? Yep, it works just like that. What, whatever their friend posts recently, some, sometimes if it's like Facebook or Instagram or something like that, it will work like that. It'll just come on your phone. But if it's like YouTube or something, it won't work like that. It, you, have to, you have to look for it. I have to look for it, huh? Yeah, if, if it's like YouTube, Netflix, or shows like that, then you have to scroll down, and then you might find it easily. But if it's like Facebook, then you can, it'll just probably pop up right on your phone. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Even little kids. Now, my little Jada Poo over there, little Jada, my son them have to restrict her because she'll pull up some horror stuff and be scared, right? So she asked me, Mima, can I hold your phone? Yeah, baby, you can hold my phone. Not knowing really what's going on. All of a sudden, little Jayana say, Mima, she's watching something she don't supposed to. It'd be hard, but guess what she do? She know better now. So what am I saying? What do we put before God? Who do we put before God? Yes, Ethan. Come on, come on, come on. Say it up here. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. You you preaching. Come on, Ethan. Come on, Mr. Preacher Man. Say, say that again. Say it, say it over loud. Sometimes people don't pay attention and they put bad things before God. But you don't just put good things before God. You put good things with God. Not before, but with. Not after. Nowhere. You got to put it with him and with him, I mean. Thank you, Ethan. He said he bring his notebook. Oh, my goodness. Look at God, y'all. He speaks to even children. He's listening. So when he's listening, you can just leave it there, baby. It's okay. When he's listening, I believe this church everywhere. <laughs> we give God glory. I believe everybody know all of us. So what we need to do is, through these teachings that we have had, we should be living it, right? We should not only be coming up in here getting it, we should live it. You don't get it and don't live it, because it's just like you ain't got it. Amen? Do anybody want to talk about what they have got out of fasting? Come on, Ethan. <laughs> now, Jana, we're going to pray for you. Come on, Ethan. Go ahead on, Ethan. What did you get out of fasting? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord, because all this witch, witchcraft is taking these kids to a bad place called hell, including Satan, demons, 
a.k.a. demonstrable spirits, fire, blood, craziness, and torture. These kids need Sunday church. These kids need a Bible. These kids need to praise. These kids need Lord. We need to help these kids. It's not their fault. It's our fault. They're our children, not their children. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Ethan. Look at that, y'all. And he's telling the truth. So, Ethan, you're saying the parents need prayer. Okay. Amen. Anyone else want to talk about what they got out of the teaching on fasting? Somebody better come up here after Ethan. Anyone? What did you learn about fasting? I just got a real good understanding of what fasting was because, um, like you say, listening to other people and how they fast is not necessarily the right way. Um, fasting um, for to get something from God, that's what I, whenever other people talk about it, that's the picture that I get. But fasting to hear God um, is what I learned that is the right way to do it. Amen. Miss Najina. <clears throat> what I learned tonight is what I really need to do. I um when I'm hurting, I can't think of words from from God. I I can't even think to tell him what you said. And when she was standing up there giving him glory, glory, I could feel it. I really could feel it. But do it. That's where I get messed up. But however, if I'm talking to other people, oh, I can give them the word right away and pop it. Whatever's going on with them, I can pop it. But when it comes to myself, I learned tonight. Now, I need to be like Jehoshaphat. I really do. And, and fear, don't go away. Pain, I feel you, but God said, that I got to learn that uh, giving him glory part because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It, it, not to me, it isn't. I don't know if it's because I'm whatever, but it's hard to say, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah every morning when I get up I do say thank you Jesus but I don't give him glory for all the things like Apostle was saying I love what she's saying so so what I do is go back and keep listening to her teaching and keep listening to it and learning where I need to go and the crucif- learn to crucify that flesh I have a question about that is there a time like from this time to that time that's up to you, Najina, what the Lord is telling you. Oh. For fasting, mm-hmm. it's what the Lord is telling you to do. So he tells us when to fast? Yeah, if you asked him. Or you mm-hmm. can go on the fast yourself. But if he really wants you to go on the fast, he'll say, Najina, deny yourself of this. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to him on a daily basis, he'll let you know. 
Or sometimes you might feel like it's something you need to get away from. Mm -hmm. And you take it upon yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to fast from this point to this point. I'm going to give up this from this point to this point because I really need to hear God. I really need to be in the prayer, and I really need to be in my word more. So God can put you on one, or you can put yourself on one. I like, I like that I put myself because I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing to the husband. I know what I do to Ethan. I, I know. So I have, to, I have to get me down, especially when it comes with, with Ethan. He's such a sweet kid. But he got some, but it's okay. <laughs> because Ethan is the only person who can pull me out of my bag. So what I said is I have to stop allowing what he's doing. Put your hand down. <laughs> I have to stop allowing what he is doing so that I can stay to the ground. Because I'm telling you, he can pick you up. It can really pick All me kids up. can, right, Jeremy? <laughs> and I want to say this. When I was telling you about God can put you on a fast, I told y'all about how God put me on a three-day fast when I had to go to this place that um, I was speaking at, and God did some things. He did some miraculous things in that place because I heard him and I did what he said. Yes, Jada? What did she say? Okay. Ethan, what were you saying before we move forward? Okay, you good? Okay, you good. What? Okay. Okay. Anyone else before we um, dismiss? I do want to say this, that um, discipleship class, I'm thinking that if it would help people to do it on Tuesday night, I can incorporate that with the next teaching that I do. That way we'll be in here already. And whoever want to join us on Tuesday night for that discipleship class, we can, I can just go ahead and start teaching on that for our next teaching after um, prayer. If y'all prefer to do that, I can do that. Okay. That's what we'll do. That'll be our next teaching, the discipleship. Because it's going to take you through everything. And then you'll know where you are. Do we have anything else? Anybody? Okay. We'll come up for the offering and then we will be dismissed. Renee. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.